the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Guy, we're back with more End Time Insights. We're talking about the church in peril. We are talking about uh, false prophets and teachers. The church in peril because of false prophets and teachers. And if you've been following us, you know that's not the only reason, but it is a big factor in putting the church in danger. You know, all of the false, whether it's false teachers, false prophets, false teaching, false doctrine, false Uh, ideas, false titles that we put on people, false, false, false. The fact that there's so much false going on in today's church is evidence of the soon return of the Messiah, the second coming of Christ. And it said that we would always have these things in the church. The church would always be in peril from outside problems and inside problems. But the church, the perils that come from the inside, they would be exponentially increased. And so that's what we're facing today. So we are warning you constantly about the danger that is inside the church today, false prophets and teachers. And so we're continuing with our discussion. I wish to shingle out a very special group of people within the church that are contributing to the danger that we face as Christian men and women. And that's the false prophets, the false teachers that run rampant through our local assemblies. They have very little or no accountability. They resist rebuke and they are doubling down on many of their false teachings, their false prophecies, especially those of a political nature that predicted a second consecutive term for Donald Trump and an end to the China virus. I'm going to recommend a book that I've been reading. That has not been the impetus for my teaching this, but it's been, it's partnered with me in my understanding and what the Bible has to say about the danger from these people. It's by Dr. Michael Brown, and he's usually very good in his analysis and understanding of the problems that we face as Christians today. And this one, the book title is The Political Seduction of the Church in America. And so I do recommend it. He is aware of the apostate condition of the false church and is not afraid to challenge false doctrine in a Christian manner. He does it very good, very humbly. He has challenged Joseph Prince in the past for his doctrine, which denies the need for daily repentance, which, by the way, is extremely dangerous. And he has written letters of challenge and rebuke to Joel Osteen for his desecration of the gospel message. His spirit is never judgmental, but it's of a restorative nature, seeking to promote truth and healing within the body of Christ. In the book, this one, The Political Seduction of the Church by Michael Brown. In this book, he addresses the problems of false prophets within the church. There's two chapters in the book, if I remember correctly. But the whole book is excellent. So let me make this statement regarding God's prophets today. Ready? God's prophets are never wrong. Never means never. They are right 100% of the time. 
so-called prophets today are pleased with themselves for being right two-thirds of the time, 70%, even 80%. They brag on the fact, yeah, I've got it right about 80% of the time. You are not speaking for God. God is sovereign. He is never, ever wrong about anything. And if he gives you a word to speak and it turns out that it was your word because it did not come to pass, that's on you. And that's what we're facing. You know, so many people uh, got on board saying that President Trump was going to win two consecutive terms and they were wrong. And they're just digging down. Well, you know, we didn't say consecutive terms. I mean, give me a break. You're living in fantasy world. I know what you said. So Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. I just want to prove to you that there are supposed to be prophets today because some people think the ministry of the prophets passed away. But no, they don't understand biblical history. They don't understand the word of God. Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12. And he, God, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we see that we've got a fourfold ministry. It's the apostle is one, the prophet is two, the evangelist is three, and the pastor and teacher, they go together. It's not a pastoral ministry and a teaching ministry. They go together. It's the pastor and teaching gift in the pastor. You can be a teacher and not be a pastor. That's me. You cannot be a pastor, though, and not have the teaching gift. Every pastor is supposed to have a teaching gift from the Holy Spirit of God. Let me explain to you, though, about the ministry of the prophet and what it looked during Jesus' day after he rose and he instituted the church. He created the church and he's growing the church and he's building his church. In the first early years of the church, probably, let's see, A.D. 2030, 2030? No, it was in A.D. 30 when Christ uh, began his ministry, A.D. 33, I believe, he was crucified and that's when the church was born. Well, during the years probably A.D. 30 to maybe A.D. 95 at the time that John wrote the book of Revelation, there wasn't a New Testament canon of Scripture for the people to relate to, to read, to study, to know God from. So God gifted the prophets back in those days with what's called New Revelation. They assisted the writers. They were giving people truths that the writers hadn't put in their in written form yet because, once again, the New Testament hadn't been written. It was in the process of being written. So they were speaking, thus saith the Lord, and they were getting fresh revelation from God. God was ministering to them truths that heretofore had not been learned yet. You know, he was speaking to Peter, he was speaking to Paul, to James, all of the New Testament writers in addition, and they were prophets, of course, because they wrote the New Testament, but also the prophets that went around and assisted in the teaching by giving them what God was telling them. And it was a wonderful time, a miraculous time, an exciting time of growth for the church. And yet, when the New Testament was published, when the canon of Scripture was complete, that aspect of the ministry of the prophet, the getting new revelation from God, that ended. There are no new revelations from God. He doesn't add to or change the word as it is now, and he doesn't allow you to add to or change the word. So the ministry of the prophet, while it did include that new revelation from God for a period of time, that is ended now, yet the prophets still have similar ministry to those that were in the Old Testament. And what aspect of ministry is that? That's where God uses the prophet to speak to his people or to speak to a nation concerning their errors. And that's what we do today. They did it in the Old Testament and they're doing it today in the New Testament. But truth is, if we are living a life in obedience to God 
and his word, we shouldn't need the prophets to correct us. We shouldn't need them to go ahead and make the adjustments in our lives. We should be able to do that by ourselves. Pretty much everything we need is in the word of God. If we will just obey the word of God, Second Peter 1, 3, according to his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. That's right. We have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. But the power that grants us these things is only found in knowing him. And that's only accomplished by knowing his word. We have the completed canon of scripture. Yes. Plus we have the author living inside us. Yes. But despite the death and resurrection of Jesus, despite the blood, despite the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, despite his word, we, just like Israel, we still mess up. Yes, even saved people disobey God. We're no different from them. Even the Holy Spirit, born, blood, washed church of God, the living God, the pillar in the ground of truth, we still need a five-sense realm connection to spiritual reality. That's what the true prophet of God does. He gives a voice to God's will, a five-sense realm voice that enables us to connect with God, to hear from God. You know, maybe we're struggling with Scripture. Maybe things aren't clear to us. You know, maybe there's questions we have that we can't get answered in our own time with God. Well, the Holy Spirit provides a ministry gift. It's called the gift of the prophet, and they use that to correct us, to get us back on the right path. Quite often, their prophets, they're threatening judgment if God's people continue in their sin and rebellion. They speak on God's behalf to kings. The prophets, they are a fast-track communicator to his leaders, so they understand the will of God. And the results, if they will continue to disobey God. Let's take a look at how the ministry of the prophet was used in the Old Testament, because the ministry of the prophet today and the teacher, prophets and teachers, Peter talked about the fact that uh, false prophets in the Old Testament were comparative to false teachers in the New Testament. That doesn't mean there aren't prophets in the New Testament. They still are, and they still have a a voice. But many of them are speaking things that God has not put in their hearts to speak. I've got this fabulous scripture. I'm probably going to spend the rest of the 15 minutes on this show talking about it. It's Lamentations 2.14. And by the way, Lamentations was written by who? It was written by Jeremiah. And it is God's warnings once more. And Jeremiah has a heart for the church. He's got a heart for Israel, but he's also got a heart for God and he's going to obey God. He's not going to make up prophecies that will uh, satisfy the itching ears of those that are disobeying God. Lamentations, chapter 2, verse 14. Thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not exposed thine iniquity to return you from captivity, but have seen for thee false burdens and causes of banishment. The Amplified Classic is similar. Your prophets have predicted for you falsehood and delusion and foolish things, and they have not exposed your iniquity and guilt to avert your captivity by causing you to repent But they have divined and declared to you false and deceptive prophecies, which are worthless and misleading. And that scripture, that verse, it is so wonderful. I love it because there's so much information there. Let's look at it closely. Yes, false prophets abounded also in Jeremiah's day. One of the signs of Christ's near return will be an increase of the false in the church. False men, false teachers, false prophets, false teaching, false doctrine, false signs and wonders. Yes, the exponential increase of false within the church is a written testimony to the imminent return of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In Lamentations, Jeremiah, a true prophet of God, is used to challenge the false prophets who are neglecting their duty to Israel. Jeremiah, the true prophet, is calling out the false prophets. Wow, where is that today? You have no idea how important that is. Jeremiah, the true prophet of God, was challenging the false prophets of God. He was letting the people know these people are false. Do not follow them. We're following so many false. I mean, Ed Young in the Second Baptist Church in Houston, he's probably got a national following, but he talks about the fact that he believes 90% of the churches in America are false. They are woke. They are following the wrong spirit. I agree with him. I don't know the number. It's hard. We'll never know the number, but you can listen to so many people on the radio and so many people who have national ministries and they have no idea of the God they're representing. Notice, Whose prophets are they in the scripture? They are your prophets, says Jeremiah. They're not God's prophets. These are man's prophets. They're God's? No, they're men. They are the prophets that the Israelites who were sinning were listening to. They belong to sinful Israel. They were probably hired by them. They were probably paid for their services. They are deceived prophets of man, not God's prophets at all. What's it say about them? They have seen vain and foolish things for thee. For thee, that implies that they are in service to them. Like I said, they were probably hired. That's what they did. Balaam was hired. He was a false prophet. He went after the money. He went after the material blessings in order to minister to the people that paid him to do this. And we do that today. We've got this prosperity gospel that goes hand in hand with a spirit of covetousness. And we're not calling them out. We need to call them out from the pulpit. We need to name them because they are destructive. Peter called them destructive heresies. They are not speaking for God. They have hoodwinked so many. The entire Word of Faith movement has just gone off the rails concerning this. It's ridiculous. And we fall for them. We support them. Where is our spiritual discernment? My prayer in our prayer meetings is that we would return to a love for the Bible. We must read the Bible. We must love the Bible. Father, I pray that you give your church a supernatural love, a hunger for the sincere milk of the Word, Father God, that we would desire the meat of the Word, Father God, that we would grow thereby. Notice these prophets of man, they have predicted for you falsehood, says Jeremiah. He was telling Israel what the result would be now for following these guys. Notice, let me read that verse again. Lamentations 2.14, thy prophets, your prophets, have seen vain and foolish things for you, and they have not exposed thine iniquity. Whoa. He was telling Israel then also that these prophets were guilty, vain. That means they were imagining things. They were prophesying things that they saw in their mind's eye. All right. They have seen vain and foolish things, the Bible says. They have predicted falsehood. They have predicted delusion. They have predicted foolishness. They have divined and declared false and deceptive prophecies that were worthless and misleading. So, yeah, all right. We got these guys today in our churches, too. And you say, well, what's the big deal? No harm, no foul, right? Like today's prophets and preachers and teachers, they were probably just speaking out of their own spirits. They were probably good-hearted people just wanting to give a good message to the people, to encourage them. Joel Osteen, he doesn't want to talk about people's sins because he would rather bless them and lift them up with false information. Sorry. These people, they loved Israel. Well, our guys, we love the church and we love America, and they probably have good hearts. No evil was intended. It's happening here in great measure as well, and we'll get to that, but... In the meantime, what were they supposed to be doing? What were the speakers of God? What were the teachers of God? What were the pastors? What were the prophets supposed to be doing? 
they were supposed to be exposing the iniquity in the church. Look at this, in the nation. Amplified Classic, your prophets have predicted for you falsehood and delusion and foolish things, and they have not exposed your iniquity. They have not exposed your guilt. That is amazing. That is amazing. That's how we fix America, not by sending Republicans to Washington. We fix America by exposing the sins of our nation. We call out the sins of our nation. We get people to repent. The Holy Spirit moves and he convicts them. And God has something to work with. Let me read it. The prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not exposed your iniquity. The number one task of the prophet of God is to call out the sin of a people. He must do that. And if these prophets are giving you things that talk about Trump's return to power, that, oh, the the Lord speaks to COVID and he says COVID will be gone in 30 days. These are false. These are vain imaginations. They are foolish things for they. And they should be saying, what? You're sinning. Repent. That's the message of the prophet back in Jeremiah's day. And that needs to be the message of the prophet today. They need to be telling America you are sinning. Was it 65 million babies dead? That's sin. We need to be convicted. We need to be commanded to repent. Homosexuality, rampant. They've got all sorts of new genders, sexual deprivation, pedophilia. I mean, we are destroying our children, murder, abortion, uh, lying, stealing, cheating, blasphemy. These sins need to be identified and the leaders that are not identifying them, but are replacing the truth of the gospel with false gospels need to be called out and removed from their positions of prominence. I don't know what else was going on with the Jews back in Jeremiah's day, but God, through Jeremiah, fully expected his prophets to expose the sins of Israel. I'm nobody. I'm just a man of God who loved the Lord Jesus. God has delivered me from sin. He's filled my heart with love. He's placed the Holy Spirit of God inside me who's talking to you right now. And I know that it's wrong not to preach and talk about sin. I know it's wrong not to challenge the people about their sin. You know, if you truly love them, you are going to challenge because if you don't challenge, then they're going to go to hell and they're going to die in their sin and they're going to be separated from God forever. That's not true love. That's not Bible truth. We are supposed to love them with the truth. God chose the Jew to be the template for the nations of what a blessed people should look like. If I may be so bold, shouldn't 2022 prophets be doing the same thing in our nation? If sin was destroying the Jews and God sent prophets to correct them, do you think he would do the same for us? Of course he would. Remember, what should a prophet be doing in 2022 America? He should be helping the church and equipping the church for the work of the ministry. And that's found over in Ephesians. Remember, he talked about that the fivefold ministry or the fourfold ministry, rather, to equipping the church. And he perfects the church for the work of of ministry. And that's great. But you know, our nation does need healing and we do need to get back to work. And yet the equipping, and by the way, equipping, the word is cartartismos. (laughs) It means to mend the body of Christ, to repair the body of Christ, to make whole, to perfect the body of Christ. It implies the setting of bones, the mending of fishing nets. In turn, it means to make something or someone, in the case of sheep, in the flock, to make them completely adequate or sufficient for something. Our prophets are supposed to be helping in that endeavor. And we're supposed to be, as a church, healing our nation, speaking the truth, calling out sin, identifying sin, getting these folks in the hospital where Christ can work in them. And that's great. But the first step in healing for an individual or a nation, what is it? It's deliverance. It's deliverance from the bondage of sin. It's why Jesus came for us in this current time, right? Matthew one twenty one. 
And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And what's he going to do? He shall save his people from their sins. That's the ministry of Jesus Christ. That's where the healing of our nation begins. It's not going to Washington and replacing the corrupt Democrats with corrupt Republicans. (laughs) That doesn't work. It's calling out sin and helping people get delivered from their sin. Back to Jeremiah. What was the result of the false prophets not doing their job, according to Jeremiah? Thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not exposed thine iniquity to return you from captivity. They were supposed to be getting Israel back from being held captive by the Egyptians, by Nebuchadnezzar, by whoever was holding them captive. That's what they were supposed to be doing by telling Israel about their sin. But they didn't do that. Why? Because they didn't love Israel. And why aren't they doing it today in America? Because they don't love us. Our leaders don't love us. They love us with a carnal love, but they don't love us with a biblical love. And that carnal love is not going to help anybody. They were supposed to be calling out their sins so that they would return from captivity or to avert them going into captivity. The Jews were in prison or they were heading into prison. The prophets were supposed to expose their sin, which in turn would bring repentance so they could escape their captivity. You know me, I cannot fathom someone, me, even having the key to the prison to get someone out of prison, someone who God wanted out of prison. I can't imagine the fact that I would not use that key and help them escape. The prophets, according to Jeremiah, were to expose the sins of the people so as to avoid prison, captivity, and that would result from their sin. Jeremiah knew what would happen if the prophets failed to do their job. So did Peter, Second Peter 2.1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, who shall bring in damning heresies, even denying the lordship Jesus that brought them, and bring upon themselves with destruction. Yes, Our prophets and teachers in America today, they do the same thing. You know, I am willing to move on from this ministry, but I warn you, day after day after day after day, week after week, all I do is warn everybody. I warn people in our Bible studies. I warn people on the radio, warn people on Facebook. But as long as the danger is prevalent, I too must continue with the warnings. You know, I'm willing to move, Lord, if you want me to move, but he won't let me. He said, no, you stay here and you tell people the truth. I says, okay, Lord, we'll do it. We've got to be aware of the depth of the deception that is playing out in our churches, the perils that's in our churches from people who are false. Many, many like me are getting the revelation, getting an understanding of the danger we are in and the forms that danger is taking. But sadly, there aren't nearly enough of us to counter the false that is so prevalent. And they seem to just create their own narrative of what church should be. Understand this. There are two churches in America right now. There is the remnant church, the true people of God. They read their Bible and they don't get trapped into false doctrine. They don't follow man's carnal wisdom, right? They pray. They talk to God. They intercede. They minister. They preach. And then there's the apostate church, the false church. It's where these pastors and these preachers do their dirty work. You know, if you are a Christian and you go to church, more than likely you'll be affected by their deceit. 2 Timothy 3.13, I think I used this scripture a couple of weeks ago. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul told Timothy that these false men in the church were deceived, and deceived men deceive those who follow them. If you are following someone who is deceived, you too will be deceived. I choose the above verse in Lamentations because I loved it. It talked about the job of the prophet, which was to expose the sin of the people. It talked about the, the result of them not doing it, that the people they were supposed to be leading 
would be going into captivity. That was very dangerous. It's a fabulous scripture, and it applies to today. The lessons about Israel, they offer today, right? Remember, the law, the lessons, they were a schoolmaster. They were a model, a template for what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But, you know, we throw the Old Testament away. Oh, that's not God anymore. That's not the same God. Oh, it is the same God. I'm sorry. Both the blessings that Israel received and the punishments as well reveal for us the true character of the God we serve. His sovereignty allows him to bless and curse whomever and wherever he sees fit. But guess what, guys? We can control that. Really? Yes. How? By obeying him. They belong to the apostate church. That's right. The two churches in America and probably the world today, the apostate church and the remnant church. The Trump prophets were wrong. The COVID prophets were wrong. And yet we still follow these diviners of worthless and misleading voices. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Don't you understand the danger that they are bringing upon us? I'm no prophet, but I can tell you exactly what the true prophet of God should be telling you. And I'll close with this. Really, Ron, you know what they should be speaking. You bet I do. He tells us right here in this verse. They are to be exposing our iniquity. It's right there. You need not be a Bible scholar to see that. The true prophet of God today, just like in Israel's day, is telling us our sin and calling for repentance. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.